Welcome to episode 39 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me, an X-Men, the animated series weekly recap podcast. I'm Rod, and for you, it's been every week, but for us, we haven't been in this for a while. Yeah, it's been like a month. I'm JC, and I, I'm having an allergy attack in California, which is weird. So I'm sorry if I sound snotty. Cool. Cyclops is Waiting for Me is our weekly podcast series. We're going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men, the animated series, and their original intended script order, building up to the release of X-Men 97, Coming to Disney Plus in 2023, you guys know how we picked the script order at this point. <laughs> Some quick reminders, we're a recap show about a series that came out 27 years ago. There will be spoilers. If you don't want to spoil it for you, pause the podcast, watch the episode and come back. We'll do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes we haven't covered yet. We're currently not sponsored or affiliated with Disney or Disney Plus in any way, but Ralph's and Zyrtec, if you want to. Yeah, Zyrtec would be amazing. <laughs> I will. I will just chew those like they're Tic Tacs. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Cyclops IWFM pod on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. And of course, make sure to follow us on your favorite of your podcast services. Services. Finally, we record these episodes in batches. So if we're reacting to any news about upcoming series, we may be behind. But the one reaction I do have is this was recorded the week of Hasbro Pulse, and we finally are getting the Cyclops VHS figure. Oh, I did see you post about that. And also, this is the week after the Deadpool 3 trailer dropped. Oh, yeah. And we got the reveal, I guess, if you haven't seen the trailer yet. Minor spoilers. If you haven't but, seen the trailer yet, I, I have zero yeah. empathy for you. <laughs> because this is it's, like, what, the, like a couple months out? It's also not even a trailer. It's it's yeah. literally, it's an announcement. So there's yeah. no spoiler involved. Hugh Jackman's returning at least one more time as Wolverine. And not enough, this is my little two sense about this not enough people are talking about how perfect the song was at the end of that announcement because i think most people just took it as a funny like whitney houston i will always love you yeah. thing but if you read the captions it extra points out the joke is because the way whitney pronounces you is yes you <laughs> it's like perfect but also it goes to the comic book bromance between those two characters yeah. which is obviously super one-sided that deadpool is looking for you know wolverine to be his best friend and logan continually yeah. rejects it I kind of hope that this both adds on the multiverse stuff or even maybe even solves it, you know, as for the MCU, but is also super comedic in the sense that like I saw a theory that maybe the multiverses are collapsing because of all the incursions. And so the one that Deadpool and Wolverine come out of is collapsing and Deadpool's like, come on, Hugh, we got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and he calls him you and not even. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually just Ryan Reynolds. It's not even Deadpool. Yeah, because of that thing after the last movie where he goes and like kills himself. Or was it the last one or the first one where he goes and kills all those old versions of himself? Green Lantern. I think it was the second one. I feel like it was the stuff. second one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it was his girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like he was already doing it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that's, that's the minor announcements. All right, now on to the show. Today, we're going to be talking about Season 4, Episode 3, titled Sanctuary Part 1. That's right, we're going to split this up. Milk these episodes until the new season series comes out. <laughs> And not give you guys like hour and a half long episodes, right? too. especially about this one. It aired October 21st, 1995 and currently sits at a 7.7 star rating on IMDb. That seems a little high for this one. <laughs> I mean, it's I thought it was a solid episode. If it was an eight or higher, I think that might be a little high, but, good, yeah. you know, good medium seven. Yeah, it was it was OK. I guess in relation to some of the other ones we're going to be doing in this batch, you'll hear in a week or two. <laughs> it, yeah, this was not as bad. I vaguely remember watching this episode or these episodes because I remember Asteroid M being part of the animated series but for whatever reason I couldn't remember enough details and now I know why. Well one important part of this is this is loosely based off of X-Men number one through three which is from the Chris Claremont Jim Lee era from the early 90s which is a part of why the show got greenlit in the first place was Chris and Jim reinventing the X-Men and you know X-Men number one is one of the top three most sold comics of all time so this was very much in the zeitgeist of the comic book reader 
which was still a thing at the time. Yeah. So this one opens up with the satellite again that's appeared in two other episodes that we didn't know. I think why. it's like four other episodes. At four, this point. <laughs> There's a lot of satellite openings, but yes, but this, this one, it's actually supposed to be there. Yeah. And so you see the satellite get kind of like grabbed by something in a bigger space station. And then we see <laughs> Rod with all his high end right. technical engineering terms. <laughs> It's a robot arm thingy. <laughs> robot arm thingy from NASA. Yeah. But it's and you said you look up the flag of the Ukrainian astronaut. Yes. That is servicing it because he's a very like thick accent when he's speaking. He goes and complains about Americans and <laughs> he's like, well, it's, you know, it's a little harder. It's not digging potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, OK, oh, okay. <laughs> got it. <laughs> anyway, they're trying to really hammer home. This is not an American oh, yeah. astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if there was any confusion, the, the potato digging, that was it right there. And then we see like these energy waves attack and a- anyone that's watched the show up to this point knows that's Magneto. That's well, the sign. it's especially because it's Magneto's power is always repped by yellow waves. That seems to be like his color oh, yeah. for whenever he's utilizing his power. Yeah. And, and then that metallic sound that happens when he's using it. Yeah. I'm a more visual person. Yeah. You're an audio person. <laughs> Together, we yeah. figured out it was Magneto. You know? And then it pans over and, and it's any X-Men fan will probably recognize like, oh, it's fucking Asteroid M. I was so excited when I saw that. I was like, fine, I'm going to get yep. resolution on this. Spoiler, I didn't get resolution on that. Nope. Then it cuts to the the UN. Everyone is arguing. Um, they have the weirdest placement, though. I just mm-hmm. want to point that out. When you see where people are sitting. You have Russia next to the United States, <laughs> next to De- Genosha, which yeah. one, you have two people that are just coming off of like the height of the Cold War. Yeah. So they're not allies by any means, regardless of, of modern political stuff. Even at that time, they were not allies next to. And, th- and these are two of your top superpowers of the world next to Genosha, which is a tiny island nation. You're right. But they had enslaved <laughs> right. all the mutants. Yeah. And there's a lot of back and forth that happens. And, and you know, there's there's accusations that all of the Russian scientists were mutants in the modern comic era, which I think is interesting. Russia is known to be one of the countries that is least accepting of mutants. Mm-hmm. And there's there's oftentimes that they're sending rescue parties to get mutants out of Russia and things like that. I just thought it was interesting that in this case, it seems like Russia is using them for their weaponized abilities as opposed to you know throwing them into the gulags and stuff oh, like that yeah 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 and even the genosian rep is like you can tell it was kind of some pageantry the whole like enslavement thing was part of our past and we don't you know yeah <laughs> he's like it's like me thinks thoughts protest too much yeah <laughs> the republic of free genosha objects yeah and like no sorry bro I'm going to make a as diplomatic as I can, can comment but it very much gives the vibes of like a certain political point of view that always picks the right wording that you can't argue with on the surface level, you know? Yeah, I can. <laughs> anyway, something else I thought was funny was with all these politicians arguing in this room, I don't know how to explain it. They have distinctly 90s accents, politicians, yes. like accents from the 90s. And I don't know if this is how politicians actually talked at that time, just like specifically, or if it's just the way the comedy would you know, parody them or satire them at the time or both. I think it was the comedy because mm-hmm. like the, the US rap was like, a southern accent specifically yeah yeah so it's like okay did we pick the guy from texas or or tennessee to Mm -hmm. be the one to go to the un i don't know who we actually had at the time at the un but it very much was like well you have the stereotypical russian accent yeah you have to have something that is uniquely american yeah and the unique american was like go for a southern rather than you know what we we jokingly say the american accent is no accent at all yeah and they were like well the south the south they have the accent it's funny because a lot of times when I hear American accents in like 90s cartoons and stuff like the X-Men, it's some sort of like 
conglomeration of George W. and our, no, George Bush Sr. and Bill Clinton. It's always like this, my fellow Americans, like that kind of. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a political stereotype. <laughs> anyway, as with X-Men tradition, Magneto breaks through a skylight. I don't even know if it was a skylight. I think it was, was it a ceiling or a skylight? I was going to make that comment too. There was like, because it's animation, you can't quite tell. There was a design up there. It might, it's probably just a, like a regular ceiling. I saw lines and I was like, that might be a skylight. It's probably just the ceiling of like a dome of a cap of the Capitol building or something. Or it was the UN. So Does the UN have <laughs> a skylight? But I'm also not quite trusting the architecture here because it's the same animation company that did like the Japanese subways in New York. So <laughs> hold on. We're go- this one we're Googling. Does the United Nations have a skylight? No results pop up. So I'm going to go with no, that was not. If there's a skylight, it is not a canonical real life skylight. You know, it would be funny if I, I haven't reached out to this friend in a while, but my friend Chris Trapper, he's a musician. He's actually performed at the UN. Text like, him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to text him yeah. and that'll be the Instagram supplementary post go. for that week is just your text thread. Yeah. Don't give him context. Yeah. Just be like, when you performed at the UN, was there a skylight? <laughs> and just send the information. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. So Magneto breaks through. He barricades everyone inside, like locks doors, yep. throws stuff in front of the Genosian delegate, super scared. Right. right. <laughs> Suddenly he's not so peaceful. Yeah. And then says everyone must remain seated until he's finished. And yep. that they're privileged to be the first to hear this announcement of the liberation of mutants. And the mutants will no longer be managed. He also takes the helmet off, which is yeah. the absolute show of confidence for Magneto. Yeah. Because his whole thing is the helmet stays on so a psychic can't fuck with him. Yeah, specifically Xavier. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's also like it will cancel out any psychic so he's like you guys can't do shit to me here and as he's talking about like how mutants have tried you know to to fight for peace and everything hasn't worked there's like flashbacks to genosha the friends of humanity stuff and then a lot of footage of like visible mutants you know like the morlocks and stuff like people who present yeah, you had you had the Morlocks, you had the mutant who would become pestilence for the horsemen of apocalypse, Angel popping out with his wings, which I don't know how they got that footage. Right. The, the CCTV cameras right. in this universe are amazing. <laughs> which is funny because they kind of touched into that with She-Hulk that's currently running. It's like, where's all this footage coming from? Like, <laughs> And then it kicks over to the X-Men with the context of them trying to enlighten people. Yeah. Like he actually gives credit of like, at least they tried. Yeah. And <laughs> then he shows Asteroid M while he's showing all of this you get this kind of montage of the different people watching. You see Apocalypse watching, Sinister, and also Mijinari are watching in their respective locations. Right. While they're watching, you also have him explain that the missing scientists that got referenced a few minutes ago are mutants, and they have built the mutant-only asteroid. That's like Mm. the big piece is like, we've built a a sanctuary for him. Yeah. Also, we're realizing that this is being broadcast so i guess like this un meeting was maybe already being broadcast or something i i don't watch enough c-span yeah that may entirely just be a thing that like un meetings were just you know at least the public forum yeah and then the last person we see watching this is xavier from the war room and he's literally just like oh my Almost a George Decay. I was going to say, you just totally went to K on that. There's also some montages of airports getting overrun because mutants are rushing to get tickets to yep. wherever these various like pickup points are. Yep. Rastroid M and Gambit is on a computer looking up stuff. So let, let's let's take a second before yeah. we get to Gambit. Did you recognize any of the characters that were showing up at the airport? Because there were some that were Morlocks and they were like unnamed random Morlocks. I'll, 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 I'm not expecting you to know that. But there was... One mutant in particular who's a named mutant that I was curious if you would pick up on. 
So I'm going to see if I remember this shot particularly because I, I didn't note it till later, but I should have put it here was the theme of this episode. Next episode, too many cameos. Lots of cameos. Where I, I gave up freeze framing stuff to try to look it up. I just like printed out the list and then John also found another list to look at. Is this the one? Was this the guy that was like big and like like white skin that had like the gun arm thing? Yep, that's random. Okay, that's his name is random. random. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so if I would have said some random dude, I would have been half right. You would have been actually the closest. <laughs> you would have been closer with that statement than you ever have with Maverick in the past. And so yeah, <laughs> it's low bar. Yeah. So I recognized him. We haven't talked about him yet, have we? Or I don't believe so. I recognized him from the action figures. Yeah. That is one that I recognized from action figures, but he was the only like recognizable one. He was the one that stood out from yeah. that shot to me. Okay, so I did remember that correctly. Yeah, that was the only one I remembered. And then maybe Tommy, I forget if Tommy was in this shot or not, but I noticed the other times I'd only recognized the Morlocks because Tommy was there. That was the, yeah, that was one of those shots where like, there are probably at least 50 random background characters here. <laughs> They actually did a great job of using real characters, especially in the later shot, which we're going to talk mm -hmm. about in a second. Besides that, were there any more like notable? Not for me. Gotcha. Yeah. So then it, it cuts to Gambit on a computer and he's, there's flashing a lot of cameos on there. I didn't know any of them. And he did mention Byron Callie being on there. Yep. But there was also another one. It wasn't 100% sure, but one of the doctors actually looked like Doc Sampson. Okay. I don't know if it was actually Doc because Doc Sampson's origin is based in Gamma. So he falls into like the Hulk universe rather than the mutant universe. But one of them did look like it. And then also when I was doing my follow-up research on online, like somebody mentioned it. So I don't know if it was intentional, but it was it was close. Yeah. I'm not sure what we're supposed to be seeing here because at the time I thought he was just perusing random profiles. But then looking forward a little bit, we realized later that he was actually going through some sort of roster people that were going to be on this trip. Right. I don't know if this was like a public forum of people who registered to go on the strip or like the people who are staff on this or something. how he knew that this was a list of people going on Asteroid M. I believe that this was him seeing who the missing mutant scientists were. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Beast points out that Magneto must have adapted Savage Land technology to build Asteroid M just like the X-Men have used Shi'ar technology to enhance like all their stuff at the uh, X-Mansion. Right, and that's how they're actually transforming the Blackbird to get into space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, we're going to space a lot now. We need to equip this. <laughs> Which also, I don't know, maybe get a second jet. Right. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like retrofitting a jet, which is meant for terrestrial travel, maybe just get a second one. You have the space in that hangar. But what? who needs physics when you have family? If a Pontiac can go to outer space with Ludacris <laughs> and Tyrese. <laughs> yep. Yes, it is. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know how to come back from that. No, nope, you um, can't. You literally so, can't. Rogue comments that there's no reason for mutants to be leaving Earth. But Gambit does point out that things aren't getting so much better on Earth. Kind of saying what we've alluded to before. And Beast elaborates, the, you know, it does feel like we're spending more time fighting for our lives than mutant rights, which is like fair assessment. The good guys might not be the bad guys, but how much good are they actually doing in the end? Yeah, they're only keeping a status quo instead of making stuff better, yeah. which obviously there is a honor to protecting and stopping stuff from getting worse. But I think at the same time, at, at some point, it's like, well, we've been going down this route. It's not changing. Do we just say screw it and we take a different approach? Yeah. Kind of like that whole definition of insanity. How many <laughs> how many times can we keep doing this and still keep getting the same result? And I don't know if they were thinking this, but later on, we'll find out some of the other mutants who aren't part of the X-Men are at least entertaining this thought. And I've thought about this, too, is even if you're not actively creating any bad like how like beast was saying we're spending more time fighting for our lives that arguably they may have created situations themselves you know 
where things aren't necessarily great for mutants overall, but some of them can choose to hot, like kind of go covert, you know, or yeah. stealth. And it's not the best situation, but for those mutants, it was like, you kind of blew our cover. Like we were able to just kind of like live, you know? Yeah. And we get into that a little later in this episode, actually mm-hmm. of, of, you know, there were some who, you know, the, the non Morlock style mutants yeah. who could blend into society. Or even some of the Morlocks that, you know, even though it wasn't a good life, they were like, well, at least we could just kind of like, quietly you know have found a place to hide and stuff and now everyone's actively at war yeah you're 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 going from being in hiding to being hunted yeah so it's like awful situation becomes an even worse situation so beast points out it's like yeah well you know it's worth at least thinking about gambit is still flirting with rogue despite the conversation sentence just on brand yeah (laughs) and we see the xavier's on like a teleconference with the president and they start fighting and stuff and good old president kelly right and xavier points out if you instigate a fight with magneto you're literally just going to bring on nuclear war they literally said nuclear holocaust yeah like they went big they're like it's not a war it's like this is going to end everything yeah and kelly's like i know he said that it's only in defense that he has nukes but like how am i supposed to trust that it's fair but also you know like is it going to help for you to instigate as well like the weird part about that is in the real world at that time, we were literally going through that same scenario with Russia. Yeah. So it's like you make the exception for Russia that it's like we just ha- kind of have to have this stalemate. Yeah. But this new mutant nation who's yeah. in space, by the way, <laughs> like you're literally picking a harder war to yeah. fight. And so he's just he's just nervous about all these mutants going on to like asteroid them being one place. So Xavier says like the best course of action is to talk to Magneto and try to reason with him. And President Kelly says he'll give him 12 hours. Which we're like, what? Right. I don't even know how long it takes to get to space. Right. But 12 hours does not seem like a reasonable time frame to to solve this problem. Especially because <sighs> Xavier has been at this for like more than a decade. Yeah. He's <laughs> like. Well, 12 hours yeah. that'll do it Here, here's a new problem you have a half day to solve <laughs> so xavier and beast tell the rest of the x-men they're gonna go alone to talk to magneto because they don't want to like pick a fight they just it's basically xavier almost probably sounds like he would have gone alone except he needs you know some muscle there to, to kind of help in case something goes south i think it's also if there was anybody who he's going to bring who can talk through a solution mm-hmm. it's beast yeah, like wolverine okay <laughs> Wolverine will stab something. Gambit will try to fuck something. Cyclops will yell at people. You know, there are challenges with different members of the team. Jubilee will have a crush on somebody who's way too old for her and make it awkward. Speaking of Gambit sleeping with everyone, Gambit asks to go along as well. (laughs) Because he says he has someone to meet. And no one questions it except Rogue. So that maybe that's why she brings it up. She's like, wait, who who do you meet in space? Yeah. And they're just like, okay. And even though I I don't think that like, you know, rogues anti-flirting with gambit has always been like spiteful but this episode definitely seems like she's more interested than she's ever been in him yeah i don't know if it's maybe sometimes like when the episodes have aired out of order the tone has shifted a little bit but Mm -hmm. this is definitely the most it's it's not even flirtatious it's like it feels like genuine interest yeah well if you hadn't watched any other episodes you would have just assumed they're already a couple yeah you would have felt like in this episode they were either already a couple or they were like very close to becoming an official couple kind of thing this is the you've gone on a few dates already scenario yeah because rogue is like you're thinking about jumping ship too and and gambit literally says like i don't have any bags packed so don't worry about it yeah. you know so damn swamp rats right <laughs> which if you didn't catch i made the tj maxx wood plank thing. yes 
which the Leewalds actually liked it. So yeah. we've peaked. There you go. Yep. <laughs> we made it. So Beast, Xavier, and Gambit all go to Africa because apparently that's the closest pickup point for them. Yep. And this is where I made the note. So many cameos. So many cameos. So many. Let's see who Do you I want recognize. me to... Let me look at the list and I'll tell you if there's even anybody that's like... It cuts off at the end after Mijnari. Okay. So you literally... Ones of any significant name. Arclight, Copycat, Kangaroo, Peeper, <laughs> Blockbuster, Lifter, Shocker, Slither. Then there's one called Francisco Milan, which I'm pretty sure is the dude who had the Italian flag on him. Just oh, okay. Most of these characters were like, they're spine distinctly enough that I know they're supposed to be somebody. Yes. But like some of them were the comic book marauders. Okay. That's who some of them were. And then Shawnee is Mijinari's biological mother. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So that's okay. Yeah. There's a lot. They they dug into the archives of like the old animation <laughs> cells or whatever to get those back. I mean, there there were a lot of of cameos of characters who. This is their first time ever being in the show. Yeah. Like this was just like, we want to have moments like the Genosha scenes of recognizable people in the background and they went yeah. for it. So it was, it was cool to see. It was just like overwhelming to take notes on. But if you want to see one of your favorite X-Men characters and you haven't seen them yet, freeze frame this, they might be in there. And Xavier and Magneto talk a little bit Magneto doesn't seem surprised to see him. Xavier tells him that this solves nothing. It just makes the Earth governments on like high alert. And Magneto has shown up to Africa with all these like space pods and stuff. They look like they were just flying on their own. We learn a little bit later that Magneto is actually just literally just lifting them with his magnetism, yeah. which doesn't sound incredibly efficient for a single person. Or it might be more efficient because we're not burning the thousands of gallons of fuel every minute. <laughs> it sounds, I don't know, I, I guess that's funny because that makes Magneto a little bit more compassionate in the implication of it. Because otherwise you'd be like, you know, fuck this earth. <laughs> no, it's, it's, literally, it's literally him like exhausting his power yeah. to help mutants. Yeah, but I mean, like, as far as caring about, like, the Earth-Tech atmosphere, like, greenhouse gases and stuff, yeah. like, he's like, let's just burn it all. I think it's also cheaper. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, he's just built an asteroid. He just had, yeah, he had to build a life-sustaining <laughs> asteroid, so. We have to cut costs down here. So, Magneto says, even though you don't agree with me, all mutants are welcome, so you're free to come along. And Xavier's like, well, at least they'll give us a chance to talk, which is super bold, because none of the three of them that are going have the ability to leave an asteroid in space on their own volition because yep. it's Gambit, Beast, and Xavier. Yep. <laughs> but they go because, like you said, they can talk to Magneto. And, and then he invites them to join them as they head to Genosha for the next pickup. It's the first time he says that they're headed to Asteroid M. Yes. Obviously, you know, Magneto put a little bit of his own arrogance in, in yeah. naming it. He could be like, it's for me. And it's like, it's also Magneto. But that's also where we get a great cameo. Yeah, I know. I recognize this one. Black I Panther. would hope so. Yeah. He didn't get to speak. You just saw the back of him. I forgot he used to have a cape. Yeah, Black Panther, old school version of him did have a cape. And even for ceremonial stuff, you will still see the cape in, in comics. But I guess ceremonial stuff makes sense to have a cape. Otherwise, I was like, what is that purpose of that? Well, yeah, well it's it's known with within Wakanda that it is their king. Like, it's not... Mm. It's not somebody like on the DL is like, yeah. you know, occasionally, you know, moonlighting as a superhero. It's yeah. like they know it's him. Yeah. Oh, I just think I think like the Edma mode thing, you know, it's like it's like they'll probably just get in the way. <laughs> but it is a short cape. So It is a short cape. He's also one of the few characters from Marvel that has a cape. Mm -hmm. That's true. Now, Marvel was not known for capes. You had Black Panther. You had Moon Knight. You had Strange, uh, I guess. Strange, of course. But is that that's not a cape. That's a cloak. Oh, that's true. And it's a character. Yeah. And Moon Knight arguably is part of the character, too. It's like half of his power set. Not in the comics. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I only know it from the show. Yep. But also, I, I think it, there was probably some design consideration where, like, otherwise they just wouldn't, like, been a person like in a skin type black suit with little kitty ears you know it didn't have much <laughs> there there is one of them in dc but we're, okay. <laughs> we're going on a tangent so as the pods are taken off magneto is like 
he was showing he's physically getting weaker as they take off which is that's when you figure out like oh he's actually just propelling these things with his magnetism which you know we've established many times with the animated series that using your powers exert something physical for most of these mutants so the pods land in genosha they immediately get attacked by genosian soldiers so it is not the free republic peaceful whatever they just described you know (laughs) i mean just having free in your name doesn't necessarily mean you are a free country but you do get people breaking out of these hangars and that's actually where we see the acolytes and and you see that it's like the the full acolyte team is the local resistance it felt like yeah yeah because they they knew the area they were already there set up and stuff cortez shows up is immediately very vocal about his allegiance to magneto which i don't remember seeing before this is a new thing that's getting reduced yeah yeah this this is this is brand new magneto really doesn't know who he is it's just fabian is kind of like pledging himself proactively to magneto this and you you probably won't truly understand this metaphor unless you were a 90s kid but it really oh i thought you were going to say something from get out again just oh yeah yeah. (laughs) no but it really gives me the vibes of stan from the eminem music video (laughs) except stan meets him he sounds like he wants to be in magneto's skin like he's just so vocal about like just for you lord anything it's 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 a it's a total messiah moment yeah he he views him as a savior yeah yeah and in and so then a fight breaks out between everybody xavier's chair gets shot so he's he's not able to do very much and there's a big laser battle yeah and and cortez really says destroy the human oppressors i'm pretty sure he says that exact quote twice (laughs) and it's like okay he's not pulling his punches on that and that's when all of a sudden we see sentinels pop up from those other hangars in the in the location and we haven't seen sentinels for a minute so yes minor spoiler alert we're gonna see a lot of sentinels in the next few episodes yep and but it makes sense that if there was a spot that still had sentinels stored it yeah, would be genosha. genosha yeah and then they're in those silos and yep. stuff my question is like what did they think were in the silos before and who didn't check well i think in some of the hangars because when they blow off the doors on some of them there are mutant prisoners there so mm. I think it's one of those like gotcha. you keep your heaviest security force literally yeah, next to where you have your prisoners and enslaved yeah. workers. Essentially. Yeah. So anyway, Sentinels immediately start attacking the mutants. They all start to consolidate their attack against Magneto. Yeah, you see, like, like pretty they're... quickly they realize he's the powerhouse of the group, mm-hmm. and they all start converging on him. Yeah, you see their HUDs like target him specifically. He's been pretty weakened by this point so cortez like actually saves him from the sentinels and then not only heals him but seems like supercharges him yeah yep and then magneto goes on like berserker mode i don't know how to explain it well he gets red eyes which we all know means you've either been possessed or you're extra powerful as like when storm was in the savage land and like supercharged her and she's like went berserk it's magneto's version and then cortez calls the humans flat scan humans and i don't think i've ever heard the term flat scanners before so it's not flat scanners, it's okay. just flat scans. Scan. Okay. Yeah, that is essentially from the perspective within the, the Marvel lore, it's a human because they are the previous version of evolution. Mm-hmm. So that's, they've essentially flatlined. Okay, gotcha. Because yeah. I, I, I assume, yeah, it's probably something like that. Or I remember the trading cards always had like your stats on the back. So Nothing assuming, to do with that. So I'm assuming like a human would have like a flat chart or whatever. <laughs> nope. Nope, because you have because you have use Hawkeye as an example because yeah. we know Hawkeye has no augmentation, no mutation, no tech, whatever. He's just a well trained human being, mm-hmm. and he is not a flat power ranking. Oh, okay, that makes no. sense. Also, think about even Tony Stark. Yeah. Tony Stark has a massive spike in intelligence, mm-hmm. so even though he has the suit and, and extremis and stuff like yeah. that, he would still spike. True. Yeah. Also, it's it's more about evolution rather than trading card point values. Yeah. And credit to with Lee Walt or Larry Houston or whoever wrote the, some of these terms, they did a good job of finding 
things that sound like slurs without actually being an allusion to actual ones, you know? Well, that was taken from the comics. That that, okay. that line so, had, so whoever, flat scan had existed. So whoever wrote in the comics too, was it, was it Stan Lee or anybody who like- It probably wouldn't have been Stan's okay. grouping. I think it probably, I wouldn't be shocked if it came out of Chris Claremont though. There you Claremont go, yeah. was, was the driver of the X-Men for so long that it seems like something that would have come out of him. Because like, was it the Friends of Humanity that started saying that the muties and stuff, and then this saying flat scans, it doesn't sound like an exact other real world thing, but you know the, the way you know it's said. Yeah, you know what the direction it's aiming for. Yeah. Is. yeah. So Magneto frees all the prisoners and takes them in their pods into space. And we just know from the previous launch that it weakens Magneto when he does this. <laughs> On Asteroid M, all the mutants are like unloading. I don't know what the word is. <laughs> Disembarking? Parking. Yeah, sure. And Gambit ends up finding Byron and they talk a little bit. They seem to have a history. Yeah, the, the, we, we're not entirely sure what it is, at least from the show. And as far as I could tell, this is the only two episodes where, where Byron even appears. But he also has a little bit of an accent. Yeah. So there's, you know, maybe he was somebody who worked his way out of, you know, the swamps in a different yeah. way. Well, that, that, and we were both questioning before recording, like, did we meet him in the flashback of the swamp? And we didn't. Yeah, I, I, I did a double check on that one. And this is his first appearance. He was... You know, he, he he may have been mentioned by name mm -hmm. when Gambit was like looking for people or something like that, but he definitely was not in that episode appearing. Yeah. And, and back in Magneto's quarters, Magneto faints and Cortez recharges him again like he did previously. As this is happening, Xavier realizes what is going on and he gives a little bit of the Saturday morning cartoon lesson of like, oh, well, hopefully Magneto doesn't get too dependent on this. He's going to get addicted to it like a drug. Yeah. <laughs> I was like... Okay. Okay, cartoon all-stars. Yeah. Right about then, Xavier gets humbled himself. <laughs> <laughs> because this woman walks in, who we find out his name Amelia, and she's like, you, of all the people to meet in space, she's not happy to see him. No, and Beast is very shocked to see her, too. Yeah. He's like, oh, no. Which, actually, small anecdotal story. I was at a little get-together with out-of-town friends a couple days ago, and not to me, but someone I just met that night was telling stories about some like awful past X experiences and guess who we ran into in our adventures. It was so, it was funny for me, but not for her. <laughs> anyway, so I just saw this play out in real life a couple days ago. So Xavier's just like, all his maturity and wisdom just like flies out the window. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's like, oh no, Amelia's here. And then we overhear that NASA has sent over some astronauts and Cortez is upset those human guests on Asteroid M. Uh, like, they're friends, they're guests of mine. They were already there. And Fabian just wants to get rid of them. And, and Magneto's like, no, no, they're, they're, they're here as my guests. It's okay mm -hmm. for them to stay. Yeah. Cause what? he was going, he was going to send them back at some point, but he wasn't going to just kick them out yeah. right now. <laughs> Which I like, I guess makes sense that you probably need some like space experts and stuff for the asteroid and everything. But it's just like we, he already has these. I don't know. It was a weird small detail that didn't like pay off a whole lot besides like showing how much Cortez dis disliked humans. I, I mean, stuff. I think that is a part of it is yeah. you needed to to show a point of contention with him and Magneto mm -hmm. where it's like Magneto is essentially, you know, calling rank of like, this is my station. I'm yeah. letting them be here, even if you don't consider them an ally. Yeah, exactly. And then we fast forward a little bit to later in the evening, there's like a dinner and Magneto is hosting at the head of the table and shirtless and ripped for however old he is. Yep. <laughs> he's, he is jacked. He's not just ripped. He's like jacked, jacked, like Thor jacked. And his thirst trap toast gets interrupted because armed satellites nearby fire at Asteroid M. He gives a famous quote. The price of freedom is eternal vigilance. Oh, man. Yeah. That's Thomas Jefferson. 
Oh, really? Yes. Oh, geez. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't have that fact stored, but yeah. I recognized it enough to know that that was something I had heard before. It's a very poetic way of saying that you just like you're born, you fight and then you die. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, it's there's no stopping. It's you always have to at least be on guard. Yeah. And then, of course, at that time, that is where, you know, there's an attack from an armed satellite. Yeah, and uh, Mag- Magneto disarms them. Cortez says that they should fight back, and Magneto's upset. He's like, "Why would they start war with us or whatever?" And yep. they discovered that Asteroid M actually fired the first shot. Yeah, they had, they had shot a missile, <laughs> which I don't know how a missile shot off without Magneto knowing. And, yeah, and we find out through context clues that Cortez is the one that sent it off. He's like, "Well, why wouldn't we?" Like, you know, apparently that was kind of a surprise to Magneto, or maybe some other people. Maybe not Magneto, but to other people. Yeah. That are around. Then we cut to like some hallway in Asteroid M where Gamba and Beast are talking. And Gamba's like, what the fuck just happened with Xavier and this random woman? I like how he's more concerned about that than the fact that they're on the asteroid that just shot a missile at like right. the the planet Earth and had retaliatory missiles shot back at it. Yeah. But it's Gambit, so he's like, So who's the lady? Right. <laughs> Now, who's, who's the mystery redhead? And Beast says it's Amelia Vaught reveals in a like a series of flashbacks that she was the nurse that helped Xavier rehabilitate when he was paralyzed and they fell in love through that. Specifically that from a battle with Magneto. That yeah, part yes. is not lost on it. Yeah, yeah, that Magneto just paralyzed him. and They uh, were in India? In India, <laughs> right, I guess. Yep, that was... We need to know that. Yeah, that, that, it's interesting because if you start looking at the history between Xavier and Magneto, very little seemed to happen before the events of the show in America. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time that they fought together... And they were on the same side and they kind of like had their 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 schism. That was in like a pseudo Vietnam-esque kind of yeah. country. And now this one, they battled each other. He in lost India. the use of his legs. It's in India. It's just funny to me. Like nothing happened in New York. Every, right. They were like world travelers simultaneously fighting in yeah. those destinations. I like the, <laughs> the mention, though, because I know that most X-Men fans know that this, you know, Xavier's in a wheelchair because of Magneto. But they specifically mention it here because it kind of reinforces Magneto's respect for Xavier. It's like he's not just always going to be a dick to him. Like he's he's only like trying to stop Xavier from getting in his way. He's not actively like trying to hunt him down most of the time. But yeah, so Amelia and Xavier have this whole history because they fell in love. The whole I guess like almost a Florence Nightingale kind of situation. And she moves back to New York with him or to New York. I don't know if he was from there. And they fall in love. I. We find out it's one of those classic differences in expectations with couples. Yeah, it was it was actually very similar to Bobby and Polaris. Yeah. Yeah. Amelia wanted to just like lay low, not let anybody know that they were mutants. And Xavier's like, we got to fight for our rights. Yeah, she, it, it gives the impression that she was there as he's founding the original team. Because mm-hmm. you see Beast not transformed. You see the version of Iceman where he even has like the little booties yeah. on. You had the early green version of gene yeah and then you had angel again which i don't know if maybe they just didn't acknowledge it in that first episode but it seemed like the first time they were meeting warren in the apocalypse episode was the first time meeting him mm-hmm. but this gives the impression and then in an episode two from now we we literally see the same flashback yeah. shown so it, it shows the original five and yeah. also beast not transformed in it so yeah i don't know it, that's that's small hardcore, hardcore continuity nerd thing, but just Mike, stood out to me. If we ever get to talk to Lee Wells about this, my curiosity is they did a great job like taking in something that presumably they weren't incredibly versed in before and adapting well, it to a show. Well, they had members of the team who were there yeah. like 
these are the go-to comic book people yeah. who knew the history in a hardcore manner. But I, but even like just like writing in these little backstories and things, and maybe this council of you know Marvel people like definitely help. But I wonder if this is one of those things that slipped through the cracks of distinguishing Archangel like Warren and then the very first Angel. Or if it was just, there's so many details. It's like that whole thing about, like, there's two Ant-Mans in the end game fight. Oh, yeah. There's, like, hundreds of heroes out there. So CGRs were like, listen. I I mean, I think it it may have just been, like, one of those things where, you know, they'd already gone through it. Yeah. But then they wanted to show the original team. Yeah. And to introduce the character Mimic, who who was one of the original X-Men that was added in later, who also had wings. He literally, like, mimicked the powers of the other members of the team. It would have been way too confusing yeah. to try to separate that person from Warren if you're not verbally addressing. Yeah, yeah. So, and essentially, you know, she's she's like, I want out. <laughs> and so they they can't reconcile that, so they split, and he never sees her again until now. Yep. And it segues into Amelia confronting Xavier. They chose a very interesting angle to animate this from because Amelia clearly has a wedgie. It is like right up her ass, and they put that in the forefront of this framing years later we would call those tiktok leggings okay yeah <laughs> she was ahead of her time yeah, yeah. It's trend center or i guess that is 90s fashions coming back right yeah it might just be she points out that the x-men actually made an, being anon- an anonymous mutant impossible yeah she she straight up says that you failed yeah like she calls him out on it. she's like you failed and she's not wrong you they can't live safely because he put mutants in the public view, especially in this early pre-internet era. You, it was like, you know, what, like Weekly World News where people mm-hmm. are like, oh, it's it's a it's a werewolf or it's oh, the, yeah. Bat Boy. the Bat Boy. <laughs> and it's like, that's what mutants would have been at this time because yeah. information sharing was nowhere near as easy. But when you're on the news once, twice, three times a week, it yeah. gets harder to be like, that's an urban legend. It's like, no, I've seen that dude with the blue her appear on CNN. Yeah, and she actually goes as far to quote says Magneto may have built Asteroid M, but you Xavier made it necessary, which is like you know kind of fair, right? Um, and then he he tries to give a little bit of a rebuttal, and I think it's kind of a weaker one where he he essentially refers to Asteroid M as a secluded prison. <laughs> he basically says that you're like in an insect in a jar. And but to her point, it's like, I wouldn't have to do this if you didn't put me in this scenario. Yeah. And while I don't agree with her, I could also see it from her perspective of she had a good life. She was one of the mutants who was like, you know, passable as a human. But as soon as people start being investigated for it, she had to get out because she wasn't one of the ones who was going to stay on Earth and fight. Yeah. And, you know, despite the physical size of Asteroid M versus Earth. I would argue, like, as far as bodies in space floating around, like, what's the difference outside of the actual, like, just size, you know? Right. I guess you're enclosed, but at the same time, like, if you can have a society somewhere where people are going to leave you alone, then, you know, outside of the other complications that, that obviously happen. It's not that if you're going to call this place. Like having 200 plus nuclear missiles. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if, if you're going to call this place a prison, then, you know, what was that much different than, you know, besides the space? I mean, this is. The asteroid is probably bigger than some people's hometowns that they never leave. Yeah. (laughs) So we then cut over to Magneto in his quarters where Cortez is waiting for him. Magneto's not surprised to see him there and immediately pins him up against the wall to confront him about launching the missile. It makes it sound like the way Magneto said it was like, I knew it was you as if like he was trying to keep it cool when he was around the other people. Like the other mutants didn't know that it was Cortez. Right. I got the impression he purposefully didn't say it around the other inhabitants of Asteroid M because he didn't want to 
show dissent on the first day from a leadership. It's like, oh, it's a it's a technical glitch and they're all nobody knows how to use a computer aside from Beast probably at that point. So, yeah, I I think it was like he was letting it slide, but knowing he was going to confront Cortez later. Yeah, because of that argument, Cortez renounces Magneto and then steals back his power and health, which I'm sure Magneto did not see coming. He didn't know that was the two way street. Right. Well, because <laughs> because Cortez is like, you can't let them get away with all the stuff they've done to us in the past. And Magneto kind of puts a line in the sand of I came here to get my people out of this. Yeah, I am not here to avenge those we've already lost. Yeah, because sometimes this is the cut your losses. Yeah, it was like you you could just keep fighting back for everybody who is who has been killed or whatever in the past. And it's never going to bring them back. It's it's kind of like this has to be our reset point. Yeah. Otherwise, it's always just going to be blood on top of blood on top of blood. Yeah, Cortez while Magneto's down because he's just he, he's not dead, but he's he's struggling. Cortez takes a key that's fallen on the ground and then shoots Magneto's whole quarters, I guess is in an escape pod, shoots it away into outer space, and then yells for help and frames the X-Men, somehow knowing that the X-Men would be the first to show up. Yes, that one was an interesting choice, and I think that's just the Saturday morning suspension of disbelief kind of scenario. Or I guess it could have been whoever showed up first, he would have framed. And he just got the perfect scapegoats out of it. right? And then the rest of the mutants show up, and they corner the X-Men to be continued. Right. So we're not going to spend too, too much time on on stuff after the fact, because this has already been a longer episode and we have to jump into part two in our next week's episode. Real, real quick. The acolytes will give them by name. In addition to the ones we've already talked about, you have Marco Delgado, Frenzy, Chrome, Carmela. And I don't know how to say her last name, so I'm not going to say it because it could possibly be offensive in Burner. Those were some of the ones that when Matt Robb jumped on and we did the hero clicks unboxing. Okay. We did not know who some of the acolytes were. Yeah, that's who they were. Yeah. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah, part of the reason why this came when it did was, you know, the the Lee Wald felt like Magneto was due for a return, mm-hmm. and this was a, a perfect opportunity to do it. And you were also capitalizing, like I said, on a very popular zeitgeisty story at the time with yeah. Mutant Genesis from X Men One through Three. And he he actually acknowledges he didn't know that the asteroid and concept at first had come from the comics. He he said. Oh his team members who brought it to him. They, yeah. He's like, I wasn't sure if I was supposed to credit them or the comic oh. <laughs> for it in the first place. But he also talks about like, this is a perfect visualization of Magneto's philosophy. He needs to go in a spot that he could protect, but he wants to do it in a non-antagonistic way, yeah. which I think shows the growth of Magneto both in the comics as well as in the show. Because the first time we see Magneto, he's going and like trying to steal nukes yeah. for an attack. Yeah. <laughs> Similar X-Men number one from the 60s, it was him trying to steal missiles to do an attack. Now it is, well, I'm not going to go full-fledged pacifist like Charles, but I'm going to also step away, you know, just because I can't win a battle of attrition based on numbers right now. Yeah, and like you said, it it's either going to be a reset or just like a endless bloody war. This, I will say, and I'll talk more about this in the next episode for next week, but just to put the seed in here, I like the conversation that this brings up, especially being older, that I saw like in a comic, but also it, it happens with a lot of marginalized groups, is that like when you're in a group of people that aren't welcome in the mainstream or whatever is considered mainstream at the time, and then you go make your own space, and then all of a sudden some, not all, but some of the people in the mainstream were like, wait, 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 why would you separate yourselves? Like, listen, you didn't care. <laughs> care about us until we made a cool clubhouse when now you when, went in when you separated us 
it was okay. Yeah. But now when we make our own spot, yeah. then we're the problem. There's a comic that mentioned these little cartoon characters. You know, one group is like, you don't belong with us. And so they had to sit on the outside. So these people on the outs, these characters on the outside are like, okay. And they built their own box. And then the people on the outside of the box is like, why, why can't we come in too? It's like, wait. <laughs> so just for clarity, he's referring to like a meme, meme. style web comic. Yeah, yeah, web com- not that Rod does not buy comics. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, not that kind of comic. Four panel comic, perfect for yes. Rod's attention span. <laughs> yes. And you know, this comes from, and I, I'm not even necessarily talking this up to anybody who's mean spirited because I have people that I don't know that are like bad people that say this stuff, but also friends that are close friends to me that just don't understand the concept. Yep. They constantly say like, I don't understand like we have to separate yourself. And I was like, first of all, I wasn't the one to separate myself. Second of all, like, just because we made a cooler clubhouse or something that you don't, you now want to see, don't, you know, be upset because we made our own space. Like, we could have decorated your house, too. Right. You know, like. <laughs> Sorry you like our brunch better. My bad, yeah, bro. exactly. And so that's very much what this is giving is, like, Magneto's like, all right, we weren't welcome there. So now we're going to go up, make our own space. And all of a sudden, President Kelly's like, but their house is so cool. <laughs> Why don't we have a space house? We've been investing in NASA for decades. Right. Maybe that's what they're upset about. Like, yeah. He was able to make a life-sustaining asteroid in less than a year. <laughs> right. Like legit, like because you look at the time frame from the last time we saw Magneto on the show to now. Mm-hmm. Let's assume that maybe a year of incontinuity time has happened. That means that Magneto literally built a life-sustaining <laughs> asteroid in space that could host hundreds, if not thousands, of mutants, and everybody's happy and has yeah. cool shit. And NASA, we haven't been to the moon and. How many decades? <laughs> right. Good point. Yeah. So anyway, we'll continue this conversation next week. And thanks for joining us. If you have any thoughts, make sure to drop them into the comments for either the YouTube upload or official Instagram post about the episode. If you like what you heard, we'd appreciate a rating on the podcast app you're choosing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and CastBox. Also, I would love anybody who is watching, either, whether it's the Instagram reels, the TikToks, or the YouTube shorts, leave some comments in those of like why you watch them and what you like about them okay. and help us decide which ones to do. The biggest irony of all of it is because we'll post in all three. If we do good in YouTube shorts, it's garbage on Instagram and yeah. TikTok. <laughs> if we do good on TikTok, it's garbage on the other two. It is so inconsistent. I don't think our tone has changed what clips yeah. you pick for them. Yeah. But sometimes it just like part three of the Dice Masters unboxing did better than parts one and two. Yeah. On YouTube shorts. But then on Instagram, part two did better. And I have no idea why. Yeah. It was weird. I blame Rod. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, if you the algorithm, please comment. Yes. <laughs> All right. Bye. See you next week. <laughs>